Can you hear the family like arguing outside of my uh, house right now? Nope. Mm. Well, I hope that the audio does come in on my end so that you can hear I'm them. sure I'm sure if it comes through people will just, you know, uh confuse it for their own families arguing. Yes, yes. Through through a wall in I'm not entirely sure what language it is because it's so muffled and I live in such a diverse neighborhood that like it it could be like 15 different languages, but the tone is a mom arguing with a dad and every once in a while a kid pops up now, it sounds like they've gotten in their car now. Well, that's... I mean, that's universal enough that wherever in the world people are listening in from, they'll be questioning, is that in my earbuds or is that in the natural world around me? Well, Johnny, we've we've got a podcast to do here. So let's do our podcast. Yeah? Let's, what do you think? Let's podcast. Let's All do right, it. Let's, let's go for let's it. Let's go pod racing. Welcome to the F1 Files. We are about to go pod racing. The F1 season is over and the pod racing season has begun. Uh, That's right. (laughs) So this is is our... That is the pod... That would be pod racing as in the podcast is racing for any bare molecule of information to examine. And don't you worry. We've got molecules and we are going to blow them apart. We've got, well, first we have several different levels of, of magnification. We've got like our just regular 1X eyes. We've got a mm-hmm. magnifying glass. Uh, we've got the, like the jeweler's uh, glass. Uh, and we have just like the standard issue lab, like high school laboratory microscope. And then we have like a fancier <laughs> microscope. And then we have an electron microscope. <laughs> And then beyond that, we could just go straight into the quantum realm. Like yes, we can, yeah, yeah we just, can, we can go full Ant Man. How and, deep? Uh, yeah. Do you want to go? Yeah, with this, right, we should uh, tell people who we are, though. Uh, so I'm All Corey. Right, bring Willis. it back out to bring it back out to one X. <laughs> yeah. Quick, we yeah. went in too deep. We yeah. went in too deep, Corey. Bring it too back deep. to one X. Too deep. We're back to one X. Uh, my name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, improviser, writer out here in Los Angeles, California. My name is John Lapore. I am a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. So uh, damn straight. What what have, what have you got coming on your your radar? since we spoke last so i got uh i got a whole bunch of stuff blasting across my radar i've got uh i've got uh china china is officially yes. off the calendar there yep. and there and this is the weird thing that of course f1 isn't going to properly focus on or say anything about which is like you know the broad sense of human rights violations in almost every single country that has a race in it uh, mm-hmm. They're not going to focus on that. Uh, they're not going to focus on any sort of spy craft that Chinese government may or may not have been engaging in across every European country. They're not focused on mm-hmm. that. They are focused on the China zero COVID policy. They're using that as an excuse to say the race in Shanghai is just not, it's not tenable. There's no way they're going to uh, have it. So uh, that's that sucks for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, it was going to be wildly complicated no matter what. That that race is always difficult because of just the way that China runs its 
policies. So mm-hmm. it gets really, really tricky with advertisers. It gets really, really tricky for F1 in general. And then, of course, there is the human rights thing that you know people aren't going to discuss. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's off the calendar. But we do have some potential replacements. Are you what? What would you like to see replace it, John? I'll be honest. When this news first came out, I my immediate reaction was like, "Oh, good, they can take a race off the calendar and let everybody kind of relax a little bit." Yeah. Um, I looked at the calendar, and what that then does is opens up basically like a springtime break. Yes. I think it would then good. create a, it's like a three or four week gap between races, so maybe not the most ideal place to put a break in the season especially as the season is just getting up to momentum at that point right Right. this is april that we're that we're talking about yeah um if i'm not mistaken and you know uh i I am curious if that means that other dates could be shuffled perhaps to help fill the gap but i also wonder if you know that we're already too far off to the races with promotions and whatnot especially because it's so early in in next season um so i i've seen basically every possible track you know touted as like ah all right send them here instead Mm -hmm. i'm honestly a little bit ambivalent unless someone's gonna take them to uh watkins Glen. um you know yeah bring 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 the circus to upstate new york in yes. April. <laughs> that is yep. yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. prime yep. racing conditions. Yep. I, I, I the western the western New York uh airports can certainly handle oh, I'm sure. The, I'm sure. the logistics of that, no problem. Well, they'll no basically have to take over the Utica Air Force Base and reopen it, and that would be where they would yep. fly everyone into. But uh that that yeah, that's I don't I also that's think a brilliant be, idea, Corey. That's a brilliant idea, I mean, by the way. Know, they could F one again. We are both freelance. Uh, We are open to consult. Uh, We will take just like, we'll take your baseline consulting fees, whatever. F1, if you're not consulting with us, then just imagine who else is. Okay. (laughs) That's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This gold is just going to end up uh, advancing another prominent race series. Yeah. Which you don't want. F1, you you are the the premier racing series we're, on the we're planet. We're giving you the first right of refusal here. Basically, I think that's very generous. That is, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> Corey. <laughs> where, where 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 do you think? Uh, what do you, what do you think would be a suitable China replacement? Uh, I would like to see Portimao. I mean, I know that people mm-hmm. are like, oh, we've already seen races there recently, but that's one of those tracks that is always up to standards because a lot of like young driver testing will happen there. Not young driver testing, but junior drivers will get to take out last year or the year before Mm. they take their cars out. Uh, That's where I believe Pato got to drive the McLaren for the first time, potentially, uh, or maybe that may be somebody else. But it's a great track. I love the undulations on it. It's got this like really cool, there's not a ton of if you looked at it just being like, oh, what's the the vertical drop uh, over the course of the track? It's not that drastic, but there's a lot of undulation on the track itself. So it may not seem like a lot, but watching those cars kind of disappear over those blind curves, are, are, it's something that's really cool. And mm-hmm. it's a track that I think would be really fun to watch these cars, the current cars, 
that can follow each other, I think it'd be really fun to watch them on that track because there's a lot of, it's like a, another one of these go-kart tracks that yep. whenever anyone drives it, they're like, oh, this reminds me of my karting days. And if you look at the races that reminded people of go-kart tracks this year, those are the those were some of the most exciting races. So yep. I think Portimao is a, a big one. So that's the, and it's in the European theater. So that would be pretty easy for the teams to get to because it's Portugal. And I don't know about the weather conditions there though at that time of year it might be tricky uh, i don't know mm-hmm. exactly where it is as far as like proximity to the mediterranean or to the atlantic so it might get tricky if it's again springtime in portugal might be tricky i don't know yeah. i don't live there but also I mean, if we're talking about european series i mean then i think possibly hockenheim um uh, or uh, mm-hmm. or or the norchcliffe like that yeah that circuit would be amazing seeing them r- run uh run that track in these cars again i think would be like my a gift to the sport and they've they've done both in the last decade there mm-hmm. was a period where they were the the german grand prix was alternating back and forth between hockenheim and the the gp circuit at the at the nurburgring so yeah yeah um so you know i think if they're going to do that well i don't know yeah i don't know when the german grand prix is scheduled for so it might get a little bit tricky cuz i don't <laughs> I don't know. Um, I also think that there's there's been a bunch. I don't remember the name of the track, but it's in South Africa. Uh, the uh, Kailami. Yes, Kailami. Uh, yep. That's I've heard some people say like, "Hey, let's just get that up to to speed." It's in the southern hemisphere, so that would work. There's been our... a lot of talk about yeah about yeah. Kailami. Yeah. Well, that's the idea too. Is there's this big push for F1 to be a world championship? It's kind of like, hey. Uh, that's not really a world championship if you're not going to Africa at all. So I think that, uh, yeah, Kailami has a, a solid facility. I don't think it would be that expensive relative to some of the other tracks that are in like quote unquote disrepair or not up to code. Right. Uh, I think that the facilities there, from what I understand, are pretty robust. So they'd be able to handle that huge influx of thousands of people showing up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what I, I also agree with you, John. It might just be nice to have a break. <laughs> it might just be nice to be like, hey, let's, the season's going to be nuts. Let's all like have a yeah. moment. We've got the first few races out of the, uh, uh, done. Let's take a breather, collect our things, kiss our families one last time before we don't see them for the next six months. Cause that's pretty much what's going to happen next year, even if they do stage it differently with like regional races. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be nice to 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 have some time off, but we'll see. It hasn't been announced yet, and uh, and we will see. Oh, since I mean we're we we are going to get into this a little bit later, but uh, we did record just before Bonato r- announced his uh, departure. Yes. So that's that's a uh, that's something that's going to be interesting to to kind of talk about in a moment. But let's before we get there. Let's sure. talk about Alonzo and Ocon. Uh, the like the fallout from that relationship <laughs> is becoming so clear. And it was such a I think most of us felt it for a lot of the season. 
But now Ocon's just coming out and being like, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. I did all the work this year and he reaped all the benefits and then would just like talk a big game. Uh, Mm. And that doesn't shock me that that is the assessment of (laughs) Alonso. He's he's a very senior driver. He's going to probably do the maximum amount of work for himself, but not necessarily sacrifice his body and his energy to his teammate. Not the team, but to his actual teammate. So, I mean, I can I can imagine right now, you know, the press asking Alonzo like, "Hey, this is what Ocon said. What do you think?" And like, what are your thoughts, Bud? Al- Alonzo just like looking at the camera and like winking and being like, "Sounds like a pretty baller move to me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just being like, "Yeah, that's how, that guy sounds like he's a good teammate yeah. and has it together." It's like, no, that he's talking smack about your like not even work ethic but just about like the way you play yourself against your teammate and that yes let me let me tell you it is good to be alonzo it's so aggressive but uh I, i think the fallout from that is what we have been consistently saying about alonzo is he when he leaves a team he leaves it in tatters and it sounds like he tried to do that again with alpine uh which is wild because renault was his he's already he already did it there (laughs) so the fact that he like came back and did it in like the alpine (laughs) version of it it's like damn all right y'all fool me once shame on you know Um, that's what a that's what a hot terrible boyfriend alonzo is you know yeah everybody keeps welcoming him back and uh knowing it's yeah. all going to end in flames, but they just can't, they can't resist. Uh, I saw just before we started recording, I saw a tweet where, where some, uh, some woman, we don't, I don't think we follow her on the, on the F1 files, Twitter, but I, I think this deserves a follow was <laughs> she, she tweeted. I could just imagine that Alonzo and Ocon actually getting into like a fist fight at the end of the season. And, Ocon just beating the ever-living piss out of Alonzo while Alonzo is just like, you're such a bitch, you're such a bitch, you're such a bitch. It's like, yeah, that sounds like the dynamic where he's just taunting him, but kind of getting the snot knocked out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was that was very funny. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that was the gist of the tweet was, yeah, uh, Ocon really throttling him, but Alonzo still talking smack. I, uh, I I sense you're getting a little fed up with Alonzo's antics. And, I, uh, it's just, it's getting, it's getting kind of old. The, the fact that he's leaving yet another team with this much just acrimony. Yeah. yeah. He's just, that whole team is, that's not good. That's not good for F1, and uh, even though he brings a lot of talent to teams, even though he brings a lot of authority and a lot of racecraft and knowledge and engineering know-how and development skills, I mean, that was something that Aston Martin said after his first test. That was what uh, Crack Mm. was going on about. He's like, yeah, I've never received such perfect direct feedback. Like, he is so good at telling us how and why the car is doing what it's doing, like, to the point of where... And he's, I mean, this is Alonzo. He's at times a better engineer than his engineer. Like he just Mm -hmm. knows what to do in the moment better with 
his talent and his abilities and reaction time. And that's all well and good. That's great. I mean, he, he has this tremendous amount of credit in his account through the entire pit lane as this guy who mm-hmm. gets more than anyone else out of any car, you yeah. know, particularly total lumps. He's able to make yeah. those things move like like nobody else. But I do wonder if any of that is starting to to fade. But I mean, for me, regardless, I'm I'm here for it. I love yeah. I, to me, he's just a a, a scoundrel. He in is. the pit lane, uh, you know, in the in the paddock, and uh, you know, a, a agent of chaos. He is, I and I it's just I don't mind him stirring it up. He, he's definitely, I mean, he's somewhere between an agent of chaos and then like the old man in the nursing home who's pinching <laughs> fannies and trying to just be like, "What? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not quite together over here." Yeah, um, and we're all like, "Grandpa, you know what you're doing. Don't." <laughs> Come on, come on! You're only in here because. But cut him some slack. He's he's lived quite a life. Yeah, you're only in here because you broke your ankle. That's you're just getting rehab here. You can't be using this as an excuse. Yeah, that's that feels. I mean, I I do appreciate Alonzo, but they're in these moments of like reflection when you see the way that he deals with his teammates and whips them up into like toxic competition Mm -hmm. right like that's 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 it is you had i mean this is this is the thing with 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 nico and lewis when they came together and crashed their cars right that's that's the whole thing is like you can't have so much competitive energy that it bubbles over into damaging the vehicle on track and that is eventually what it turned into was contact on track and even though they've been kind of weird and like respectful in public i'm sure that there was a lot of a lot of tension that just kept building and building and building over the course of the season which is what led to brazil and Mm. i think that's yeah i think that's exactly why the sprint race went the way that it did with with them and why you saw like otmar being like tighten up or else we're putting someone else in the car like it was that like oh dad's pissed and it shouldn't be that way with someone as with someone so senior with someone who has been so fiercely competitive with his teammates he should be able to walk that line better mm-hmm. he shouldn't be getting them so worked up that they do some shit on track that then destroys the car or causes them to lose points in the race right like that's not that's unhealthy at a point all right so so i mean the expectations for next season with Lance Stroll fireworks as his his teammate oh fireworks I mean presumably what took us until Brazil to get really boiling will be happening you know I mean by by Melbourne like what's uh it already happened do you remember Alonso going skyward because Lance decided yeah no I'm not gonna let him pass me it's like dude he was Go, he was in a faster car. He was always going to pass you. And that's your teammate for next year. And you sent him into the wall at a hundred, almost 140 miles an hour. That is, if if he was pissed at Ocon 
for that dicey move that he pulled, what was it, in like Bahrain, that he held on to the whole time where he was like, I've never seen defending like this in my life. And it was his own teammate, and everyone was like, hmm, that's weird. And then it bubbled over at the end of the season. This this already happened a couple of races ago. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. And they weren't even teammates yet. They're not even at that point. So I think it's going to be fireworks from the jump, and I don't see Lance being able to keep his cool with Fernando doing what Fernando does. I just don't. Uh, I, this is not to like ca- you know cast Lance in an immature light. I just think that he he hasn't been dealing with someone like Alonso. He's never had to deal with someone like mm. Alonso in a car with him in the same garage as him. So yep. It's going to, I think it's going to be a nightmare from the jump. I mean, with, with Lance Stroll on a delightful his nightmare, by the way, not like, yeah. a, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, poor, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, please bring me this nightmare. This is yeah, like, yeah. I'll watch through my fingers laced. Like I'll watch that. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh. I mean, uh, you know, with, with Lance Stroll on his father's team and then having the incredibly intimidating force of Alonzo joining mm-hmm. him. I'll, I'll quote you from a couple episodes ago. Lance now has two daddies. He's got two daddies. And, uh, that's, that'll be, that'll be awesome to watch unfold over the course yeah. of the season. He's, he's got um, a daddy and he's got a papa. That, that is what he'll, he'll now have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, tune in it. for the next season of my two dads. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get to the, the hot. So this, that was the, the top of the bread. That was the, the bread that sits on top of the sandwich. Uh, now we are going to get into the meat, the actual mm-hmm. meat, I guess like whatever my, immediately my metaphor sucks but uh <laughs> we've got it it's an open face sandwich but it's upside we're, down we're uh, blowing <laughs> straight through the tomato and the lettuce yeah yeah and uh yeah, yeah. so tossing that at the garbage we're not even like bothering to get the lettuce and the tomato in the garbage we're just tossing it in the general direction so we can get to this meat the bomb johnny i purposely did not research this I, pr- okay. I saw a couple of quotes and I was like, oh, 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 okay. So please explain to me what the Bonato bomb is. What is this? Okay. All right. Well, first off, uh, you're, you already mentioned Bonato is, uh, he's officially gone. I don't think there's much else to say about it. We covered it pretty well last week. Um, apparently, uh, Bonato was talking to Gunther mm-hmm. on his way out. Well, he's, he's uh, uh, Bonotto's there until I think the end of the year. Yes, technically. Yeah. Um. So. So wait this this didn't happen at the paddock. This happened. No, this happened like the other day okay. in Marin. Oh my god. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it was, but <gasps> Gunther uh okay. said to the to the press that like okay, and it's and it's interesting because the headline is. Uh, you know, Bonotto tells Steiner that the 2023 Ferrari engine is a bomb, and, which is the best possible phrasing to to use. Now, uh, I I was I you know the just that, and then you read into it, and it's like Gunther Steiner was thrilled to exclaim to everybody, yeah, that he's been talking to. Bonotto and Bonotto said to him that the Ferrari engine is a bomb, uh, which, which 
despite your initial instincts does not mean that the Ferrari engine is set to explode on a regular basis. Uh, as, as we've seen instances of, they they run the fluid in there, they get the oil up to temp and then they stick that giant screwdriver in there to start the engine to to get the crank going. And as soon as it turns over, boom, thing just blows up. Uh, it just immediately explodes. Okay. So it's not that. So this is, uh, this is a lost in translation. This is very much some uh, apparently (sighs) in Italian, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, referring to something as, and I don't know if this means like bomb as an explosive or like bomb as a, just a separate term altogether. Right. Is a, is a very positive term is to say that something is, is excellent or amazing or exciting. And so this be, something so maybe, I, maybe it's a double entendre i don't know maybe uh, it might be but also isn't uh isn't gunther isn't he italian as well isn't he like half german half italian or like it from that like region that's very close where there's like a mixed cultural thing yeah i don't know so i thought I'm he just, was just i thought he was just straight caveman that was my, uh, yeah, uh, that yeah, was my so. my understanding uh, uh, i think he's like i i could be wrong but i think that he's like either his ancestry is italian and he grew up in germany or something like that like it's like very close to italian i think culturally Thaw, thawed out of a <laughs> block of ice found near yeah. the java islands uh <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he survived um pompeii and uh yes. they, like cracked uh cracked one of those more and he just came out fully formed uh, as yeah. Gunther. uh but i'm thinking maybe it's like something that is is an italian like slang like there's some sort of yeah like yeah yeah so that maybe maybe sense. Benotto's just like a hip dude, and he's like, the new engine is da bomb. Dub, that's what I was thinking, but then imagining Bonotto like saying that actual. Maybe phrase. he's turning over a new leaf. Maybe yeah. there's. It's like you know, this has been a pretty you know difficult period. I think unquestionably yeah. for Bonotto, maybe he's Which, maybe he's rolling off to retirement in like hammer pants yes and like a neon yeah. you know like yes. tracksuit top uh, he's having a and, full-on uh, midlife crisis like he's been working at ferrari and, and he just happened to be growing up in the age where like the brief moment where he was building the the most ideal version of himself was when he went to see white men can't jump and he yeah. was just like yeah Oh, I got I'm it. I'm gonna be the bomb. Yeah, got it. All I have to do is just this is my this is who I am going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Is I will be in pursuit of the bomb the whole you time. You spotted recently with Rosie Perez. It's <laughs> yeah, uh yeah. wearing like one of those uh messenger uh uh hats. Um yeah. Uh, <laughs> with like He's got the 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 i mean his glasses already look <laughs> like the glasses that you would clip on the flip up sun shades too right yep. and you could just yep. <sighs> for sure for sure uh spandex he's definitely rocking some like some sort of spandex underlayer yep. uh or overlayer who knows it's some, you know, some reebok pumps and yeah, uh, yeah. he's uh, yeah. something that some some fashion trend that's just just bubbling up in northern italy somewhere and hasn't quite made it to the rest of the world somehow uh, i don't think that stuff ever went away in northern oh, italy but that's yeah a, the, the that's brief a whole other... amount of time like i i had a i had a layover in uh, in milan um and also i did 
do like a, a train through Italy <laughs> a few years ago. And it is such a, it's so upsetting as someone who is not Italian, John, it's so upsetting to go. So, all right. So to the full context as a black man, uh, seeing someone do like a stereotypical thing, that is like stereotypically black. I'm like, hey, don't do that. Don't like, come on, we're, we're, we we gotta mm. we gotta be better than that. We can't we can't at least don't let like white folks know that this is like who we are and pre- don't do that, right? And then going to Italy, seeing just the wild like gesticulations and just like the literal like the Mussolini lip, like the like outturned lip showing disgust. Just I saw it on old people. I'd see it on children. I'd see it like uh, men, women, uh, young, old, gay, straight. It didn't matter who you were. You exhibited some sort of like thing that everyone's like, hey, don't make fun of Italians because like that's not cool. And I was like, oh, my God, no, you're all doing it. Come on, don't. Y'all got to be better. And again, I'm not one of you. So like you should at least be better (laughs) in front of me so I don't take this back to New York being like, yo, what? Don't ever let an Italian tell you you're not Italian enough because, like, what is this? Um, yeah, it's maybe it is something that is just fashion, like, hammer pants still exist there. Because uh, mm-hmm. I did see people in, like, basically in hammer pants when I was in Northern Italy uh, seeing them <laughs> traipse around. It's, and, a very, it's a very stylish country. It's the very most stylish. stylish. And the, again, this is like traveling on like a commuter train. I'm seeing people in like the most beautiful clothing I've ever seen in my life. And they're just, tra- they're not even going to work. They're just going to visit a friend. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, I had some wonderful overheards and also people heard me speaking English. So they were trying to engage with me. Uh, what a, what a, what a delight. But I hope that Bonotto is going to land somewhere great ultimately i think that i i think that he will he's such an amazing engineer um i know that let's let's talk about this just for a quick second because uh i think you know almost i don't want to say predictably or as expected but uh there was the moment that it was official the moment that the nail was in his coffin Mm -hmm. i've never seen so many uh adamant defenders of Bonotto yeah. uh, online and on social media, people coming out of the woodwork to say like, oh, you know, this isn't going to fix any of the problems. He was a solid guy. He's been an integral part of the organization and whatnot. And I, I'm sure none of that can be appreciated, but I guess I still just fall into the camp of like, yeah, but I mean, it's his, it's his kingdom and yeah. things have been going this haywire. Like you, you yeah. can't have someone at the top letting that stuff happen without making radical changes. And or if, if they're not, if, if you don't see them making the radical changes, then they are the radical change that needs, that to, be needs made. to be made. And that, that, that I do agree that there, there should have potentially been uh rep. I mean, at least repercussions, publicity repercussions for, for the failures on, on Ferrari strategy part and some of the mechanics and even not, not necessarily Charles. Cause you never want to hear a team principal be like, look, our drivers are, they just need to get their shit together. Like that's never a good mm. thing, but to criticize the organization when the organization is failing, I think would have not necessarily satiated board members and the Tifosi and the Italian press, but I think it only, 
dumped fuel onto the fire when he was like, we are doing nothing wrong and Mm -hmm. there's no reason we can't win the last 10 races of the season. It's like, (laughs) dude, you can't say that you've been, especially considering like the, if you look at when, when he was spoken to at the end of last season, uh, not this past season, but the end of 2021 when Ferrari started to come on form uh, and also this year when they showed up with a darling car that looked beautiful and was actually showing up and performing really well, yeah. people were like, well, is Ferrari back? What can we expect? Can we expect to be championship contenders? And he downplayed it every time he had the chance. He was like, well, yeah. we just need to see where we're going. We need to see, you know, it's good to be competitive, but the other teams are really looking strong too and they have this and that and he was so delicate and then for him to be like we are doing nothing wrong and we will there's no reason why we can't win the last 10 races of the season was just such a like dude that's the one time when you should have been much more delicate with (laughs) your assessment (laughs) but setting that up uh was just he those were the final nails in his coffin were were those uh was was also was red bull winning the last 10 races the last nine effectively nine races plus mercedes winning that one uh that that's like man you can't if you don't even win one of those last 10 races maybe if they won one of those maybe if they won two of them Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have lost his job but to promise or to say like there's no reason why we can't win and then to lose every single race you said there's no reason why we can't win it when not only were you never going to make it because of the performance of your vehicle, but also because of the performance of your engineers and strategists and drivers at times? Like, hey, buddy, your your ass is grass. Like, of course they're gonna get rid of yeah. you. Uh I, I that's the first time I've ever used your ass is grass in like actual sincerity, by the way. Uh it's amazing. Uh so I think that it's also a a, a reflection of uh Arriva Bene. When Arriva Bene was in charge of Ferrari he was such a company man. He was such a stooge yeah. for the new board that, uh, or the new chairman, I think, was the one who installed him. But it was, it was such a like, what is this? That I think Bonotto was like the fun, like he was like weekend dad, uh, and everyone's like remembering him as weekend dad mm-hmm. now, and looking at like Arriva Bene as being like the bad stepdad who mom never should have been with in the first place but like for some reason like she got set up with uh so i i think that might be the <laughs> that might be the the thing that uh is causing this defense of of bonato and and his right. his role at the company so i don't know um i think he'll, again i think he'll land somewhere great uh, I, I i have no doubts about that i've even heard of the possibility of him going yeah. to audi and working with Audi's, uh, you know, engineering department. Which, hey, if you want someone to like get things going, Matea in front of your technical development at Audi, do that. He's such a brilliant technical director. Like that's mm-hmm. what he was before he became right. That was his his role before he was yep. uh, he, he was yep, team yep. principal. So he's an engineer. He was a technical director. Put him in charge of your car, the first car that you get to develop while the cars are actually on track. You don't have to start from scratch. You've got a great engineer, a great technical mind, and an even-keeled person for a German company. Mm-hmm. What? Like, you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, yep. I, I don't think. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where he lands. We'll see. 
so let's talk about this is so all right so in my awful sandwich analogy we had the bread right we had china and we had alonzo and Ocon as like the like yeah we need the substrate we need to like get into it we need to talk mm-hmm. about what people are talking about we got like the meat which is like the ferrari right we got to talk about ferrari imploding on itself uh and even though it's not imploding like literally saying words that are referencing a bomb uh so yep. it's like oh you're not yeah. imploding you're actually exploding you're imploding now and you're expecting to hire a team principal and then to explode when things okay, next cool, cool. year's car will be so hot <laughs> that the drivers will barely be able to sit inside of it because of the heat i mean we coming saw, out of it threatening their lives threatening their lives i mean <laughs> whew, i mean they may not even be able to finish a race because their car might catch on fire <laughs> yeah uh so that's the meat of this so uh Let's get to the uh, let's get to the decadence. Let's get to the when you when you've got some when you've got some like mayo, and then you're like, ooh, actually, there's like a nice like pesto aioli that I could throw on there. Let's talk about this oh. pesto aioli here. This is the pesto aioli part of the sandwich, okay? Uh, okay. And that's Valtteri Botas, just full on, just going for it, embracing who he is. I love it. Yes. So uh, Valtteri posted this insane video on social media. Uh, What's the deal? What's he doing? Is it? Is it? Where is it? What is that? I don't. I don't know what the. I don't. I don't know what the deal is there. Is (laughs) it? It's tough to figure out. Yeah. (laughs) Is it? Is his girlfriend Australian? Is that what's going Uh, on? No, I thought that she was. also i i don't yeah. know i honestly am not sure there's John. some weird uh, presumably he's in australia i thought he was in australia in yeah, the video I mean, certainly which looks was like the it. which was the thief so as the video is him just saying like ah, i'm gonna you know fit in a little more he's talking to his girlfriend and he's like ah, i'm gonna take it to the next level or whatnot <laughs> And he goes to a barber, gets a crazy mullet, not like a an American mullet, but definitely like an Australian mullet, like, like the a, Aussie mullet. If you yeah. look up Australian rugby, like pl- look up Australian rugby player, and almost certainly the first person that you see that is not uh, Maori or uh, or Samoan or like Polynesian, it will be like this giant white dude with the weirdest, tightest looking mullet you've ever seen. Like they're mm-hmm. like. Like aerodynamic, or like minimal. I gotta say, Valtteri. I'm surprised after being spending as many years as Lewis's teammate that he didn't get like the put on to Lewis's like hair plug guy. Yeah, that's weird. Pretty Uh, weird, Valtteri. He's 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 having a. I think he's having a tough time there. But uh, basically, uh, so it's just this ludicrous video of him just wilding out, getting a real stupid looking haircut. He's already got a stupid looking mustache, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's uh, he's just embracing it all. It's so Uh, good. Closes out the video with a a a big can of uh, VB, which is uh, some sort of Australian beer. You know. Is that so it's directly from Vegemite or something, uh, you know, <laughs> that would not surprise me. Uh, Aussies and Kiwis, you fucking weirdos. Vegemite is disgusting. Uh, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but so is Marmite. Marmite and Vegemite are both disgusting. I, I've tried, I've tried them. 
uh, multiple times from like the best place you could get it from and also like just off like the grocery store whatever it's and i'm not talking like vegemite or marmite here in the states i'm saying like in new zealand in australia i've tried this shit i don't what what are you doing don't don't say it's good because it's not good john you've i mean you've been to both i got i got a lot of love for our brothers and sisters down under uh aussies and and their sheep getting friends in in uh new zealand (laughs) as well um it's uh listen i I thought it was uh, all right. So I I just watched this video and it immediately set in on me as like there's there's a couple key takeaways here. One is that I think Valtteri is settled into a certain rhythm in his career where mm-hmm. he's ready to kind of like chill out and have a little fun. Not unlike what we've seen from both like Seb and even the previously mentioned Alonso. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it feels as though, you know, it's very different from his hyper serious days at Mercedes where he's vying to compete with his world champion teammate and is constantly having, you know, the opportunity to win races and, and doing so. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that seems to be sort of off the table. And so he just seems to be kind of chilling out and just rolling with it. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the other key takeaway for me is that this also seems to be like, I don't know, is he trying to like fill in the void left by Danny Rick, uh, you know, in here, right? Is he like, I, I sense that it's like a little bit of this, like, is he the let me just get Aussie. Uh, yeah. Who's on the, who's on the yeah. Both, both as an Aussie uh, and just as a general, you know, yeah. mischief maker. Scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess we did have the, uh, and this isn't, this isn't totally new for Valtteri. We had last season him uh, uh, mm-hmm. bathing in a stream uh, with his ass sticking out as yeah. a widely like deep in Wyoming image. or something like that. Where he was is that, like, is that what it was? He was like fly fishing somewhere, uh, somewhere in like I don't know if it that was. That is not how you do fly fishing. For him. That is <laughs> no, not how fly not how fishing catch... works. No, 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 no. Um, uh, yeah, that's not at all. Uh, I haven't done enough fly fishing, but I have definitely done enough to know that that's not how you do it. Um, he he had that, and every once in a while, he'll have these moments. Like there was that uh, the the radio communication, which he's still, which is still like very memeable and he still references himself which is to whom it may concern like that's the mm-hmm. that's that's so fun and i love that like the his most recent twitter uh the most recent tweet that he put out i think it literally was tagged with that it's like to whom it may concern and it's him mm-hmm. uh sitting sideways on like the rugby pitch with his mullet and it's it's great uh if you if you have not heard the quote it is literally to whom it may concern fuck you uh that's the <laughs> that's what Valtteri mm, says mm-hmm. uh at the end of that quote and it was i can't remember what race it was that he won but it was like a race that he won that everyone was like oh Valtteri's washed like he's he's done with the team he he knows that they've got the constructors championship locked up and he knows that he doesn't have a seat anymore and blah 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 and then he won a race it was like just came over the radio and after thanking his engineers and after thanking his mechanics and the team, he was just like, and to whom it may concern. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, so there, there have been hints of Valtteri being this person. 
but he just hasn't really shown it. And maybe mm-hmm. he is taking over for Danny Rick and until Oscar Piastri steps up as the rowdy Aussie boy. I mean, we also, folks, we are going to have a literal Florida man on the grid next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, and I know he's very buttoned up right now because he was trying to get into F1, but now that Logan Sargent is here, that dude is from Florida. And they grow them differently in Florida, folks. If you are unaware of, uh, I mean, most of our <laughs> listeners are from the States, but folks who are not from the States, oh, wow, do they grow them different in Florida. So there, there's probably going to be some fun stuff, especially promotional wise with him and Alex, I think is going to be, there'll be some fun stuff that's like kind of cute and endearing. And then Logan will eventually become probably a very American driver. No, I don't think he'll be like Ricky Bobby or anything, but I think he's going to be something interesting uh especially well, it's funny i'm trying to i'm trying to remember who it is and i i feel like such a dunce for bringing this up without having the name on the tip of my tongue there's a uh i think it's either sports car and endurance car racer who's been pretty successful recently but he literally has a full-on alternate persona like an extra handle on social media oh. where he is a nascar driver and rocks like and you will see this guy he goes to a ton of the nascar races he's always wearing like crazy nascar jackets uh you know wrap around sunglasses like the and, full and, and jean shorts and whatnot and he's a guy who is like he's your typical sort of touring car racer who in that world he's just like yes you know i just came in from the country club to do a little racing and wow whatnot. And he he put and it's and it's it's pretty funny. He's got a whole shtick, and I, some, I catch some I cool catch a cosplay. bit of that vibe coming off of uh, Valtteri. Uh, you know, just going yeah full full scumbag with it. And, yeah, and just uh, being yeah, just being a weirdo, just really embracing yep. the weirdoness. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see it. And uh, so yeah, we'll see we'll see when our our Floridian driver. You know, it's going to take I think a little bit later into his former yeah. career to yeah. unlock that aspect of his personality. It's, and this is interesting, right? This is like a trend that I feel like we see with Formula One drivers where early in their careers, they're very bottled up. Mm-hmm. They're very protected. They're very restrained. They're very like proper. And it's like after, you know, four seasons or more yeah. that all of a sudden you start to actually get a sense of who they really are. It's kind yeah. of a fascinating thing. You know what? You know, <laughs> You know what? I'll 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 use a a more delicate term for for this. So, using this delicate term, I'll leave anyone to speculate on on what the the indelicate term of of this is. But it is the I think that they reach after that second contract that they sign after maybe like getting some bonuses for getting some constructor points or just being like, oh, I'm a commodity. I belong here. They get the like off money like you can just (laughs) off money and i think that's what we see i think that's what we've seen from valtteri botas because he definitely got a massive bonus for helping mercedes win that eighth constructors title that was yeah i mean the the yes it was devastating to have lewis lose that race but them still securing that constructor's title. Valtteri could not have been happier with, uh, he doesn't, it doesn't matter if he goes and races for a team that's further down 
the, the grid. He does not care. That dude has got golf money at this point. So he'll do that. He'll be this person. He'll get mullets. He'll do weird stuff like take have someone take a picture from like a cliff while he's down naked in a stream in the middle of the U.S. Like he'll do that yep. stuff because he's got the money to do it. Uh, so I think that's what you see. It's like a combination of that and maybe the celebrity thing and maybe just like the, hey, I do go out and risk my life every single weekend when I'm in one of these Grand Prix. So I, I've, I've built up some social capital that I can kind of be this person. Uh, yeah. we, we saw it not work out for Nikita Mazepin, who was like, oh, I'm in F1. I could do whatever I want. And then, no, you can't, dude. And you showed up and everyone and, hated you and you left and everyone was like, good riddance. And now you're not. Yeah. Yep. So... Mm. Uh, remember, remember that kids, as you make your way up through <laughs> racing, the junior categories, don't be a Nikita, uh, be and, a, uh, anybody else. Yeah. J- just a, a quick footnote. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a moment for some entertainment, look up Jordan Taylor. He's on Instagram. Okay. He's, uh, he, he drives for Corvette racing. I'm familiar with that name. Yes. I, this you, is you, you can then look up also on Instagram, <laughs> his alter ego, which is Rodney, Rodney Sandstorm. And, uh, that's, that's, that's uh, great. That is a great name. And it's, and it is, it is amazing to see that it really is the same guy. Cause the first guy, he's so like, he's so restrained. I'd even say almost like introverted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, Ah, it's, it's pretty funny. That's wild. All right. Well, let's wrap up with, uh, just the most delicious, (laughs) let's get to the, let's get to the bottom piece of bread. The bottom. It's now kind of disgustingly soggy from everything that's dripped downwards into it. Uh, you know what that bottom piece of bread is. It's like the bite that you'll, you'll never give away because as sloppy as it Mm -hmm. might look, as maybe uh, as much of an afterthought as it might be, uh, it is almost always the best bite. And this is the the fact that they fully released that uh, interview with Lewis Hamilton on on Channel Four. I think it's on oh. the BBC. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's like a full like twenty five minute long interview. Oh, I haven't seen this. Oh yeah. So he goes in. He goes into it and gets. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets. He talks a little bit about the season and brings up something that we had discussed in a previous podcast. uh, And that was that he was doing the tire test at the end of the season. And this Mm -hmm. was really unexpected for us, right? Like we, this is unexpected for us and also for so many people because he hated that car, right? Like that's, everyone knows that. And he said it publicly that it's a, it's not a fun car to drive and he goes into some of the specifics in this interview and one of the things was he was a little bit more detailed about why it was so difficult to get a handle on that car because he said that when they start when they brought this car out when they were initially developing it when they were in that like what was it 10 almost like nine months worth of like, hey, what the hell is going on with this car? Why is it good sometimes? Why is it bad sometimes? Their brilliant minds, those brilliant engineers, those brilliant drivers, those brilliant technical people, those brilliant people back at the wind tunnel uh, and back at base uh, could not figure out what adjustments did what to that car. So they would adjust something and it would not correlate whatsoever with its performance on track. So they literally were just scratching their head being like, I don't know, try this. 
So that's why we saw George have a pretty consistent, like he showed up and was pretty good across the, mm-hmm. uh, across the season. Uh, so that was, I think a result of him just trusting the, like the table of doom that uh, uh, it's like some, I think, I don't know if that's the, the actual name of it, but it's like this like whole, it's an algorithm that Mercedes has developed. It's an in-house algorithm mm-hmm. to figure out where their car will be most successful at what races, what settings to have, where they will be, uh, where they can expect to be competitive in qualifying, what their race pace will be. And it's circuit by circuit. And I think George kind of adhered to that and just played it for not for like not conservatively but he wasn't taking the risks that lewis was taking once because lewis has developed that car not in this way this is the other thing of this interview he developed that car with such like a oh okay if we like dial this component in uh, i'm being very vague because i don't have this technical level of expertise but like if you dial in this component that will correlate with the way that the car performs on track so when that didn't work Mm -hmm. lewis didn't just go okay i'll trust the models he was like let's try something new let's try something different so his car was all over the place and performance kind of reflected that over the course of the season now the reason he got into that car to do the tire test is because he said he's never been a part of a process like this of developing a car basically from like the bottom up and he's excited about it so he was like i did not want to do it the team asked me every year if i want to do the post abu dhabi tire test and i always politely decline because that's something that he has the ability to do because they have Mm -hmm. other test drivers they have other people who can dial that car in but he was like no i want to work on next year's car i want to get as early of a jump on next year's car as i can one, to make sure that it's successful, and two, because he has never had to do this at a team before. He's always showed up when the car yeah. is already developed. So that, and he like says it, and it's, it's, he doesn't make a big deal of it, but he does say, he's like, I've never had this opportunity to develop a car like this. And if you look back, mm. he showed up to McLaren, who was his teammate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> do you think he had much to do with the development yeah. of that car, or do you think... That the man who was like, oh, I'll make a car one and a half seconds faster just by getting on a team, right? Like, (laughs) of course, he's going to have uh, a car that is great. And then what car did he get into after the McLaren? Whose seat did he take over? Yeah. (laughs) Michael Schumacher. So, like, of course he didn't have to work to develop the car from, like, soup to nuts in the way that any driver has had to do. So, and that's also an acknowledgement in an a roundabout way uh, of Lewis being like, that's right. I have been in the best equipment. And that has always been Mm -hmm. the argument of like, well, Lewis, anybody in that equipment would be able to drive that car just as well. And he's, that's not completely untrue. If you look at George Russell, George is not just like anybody. George is a very talented driver though. So, yeah, but I think that, yeah, he's been in very good equipment and he's acknowledging that by admitting that he wants to be a part of the development for the first time ever in his career to develop a car into like a race winning championship winning constructors title winning car uh so that that i loved that i loved hearing him say that that sounds beautiful to me i mean i'm terrified by the earlier 
remarks of like <laughs> we had you know we would change something you know we'd turn a light switch and a yeah. completely different light would turn yeah, on yeah. and off you know like yeah, that's, that's not comforting that's horrifying from a top flight organization like mm-hmm. this um mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's 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 very encouraging to hear that like Lewis is taking the, you know, first one in in the morning, last one out at night sort yeah. of approach Which to this. He's taken that approach his entire tenure at Mercedes as well. He's also taken that approach because he wants to be a part of the process. He wants to understand the car. Mm-hmm. That's he, that's kind of his history is him and his dad used to just work on his cart. And like he's always had that hands on approach or at least that understanding, yeah. even if he doesn't necessarily love to turn a wrench. He at least understands how a car works and when a car doesn't, how to make that work. So I think it's great that he's now free to admit like, yeah, we had no clue (laughs) what we were doing at the beginning of the season. And it speaks to his level of expertise and his level of, uh, of talent that he was able to take a car and week in, week out, be within like the top 10 drivers to qualify and then to finish he would be close to the top five if not getting a podium or just outside of the top five so yeah it's it is scary to to realize that johnny that like oh my god this top flight team (laughs) really had was just like oh um when they were trying to get the car dialed in but we'll see uh so let's do a little fortune cookie here at the end of this at the end of this meal uh, Ooh. surprise, Ooh. surprise. We've been Ooh. in like in, in, in a Chinese food restaurant this whole time. So let's, <laughs> let's do, let's do a fortune cookie here at the very end of this, uh, of this sandwich. Uh, and the fortune cookie, uh, uh, damn it. This isn't working. It's the little, uh, it's a little treat at the end of the meal. There's no secret inside of it. Um, but oh, there Jesus. was, a, a, <laughs> oh no, no, John, no, no, come back. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Uh, um, so we, we, we've got, uh, the motorsport, um, uh, award ceremony took place and the table that Christian Horner was sat at oh. <laughs> the table number was sat right in front of Christian Horner's yep. tables, like place setting. And that number was 44. Yep. It's I, beautiful. It is maybe... I doff my, my cap to the caterers. Oh, such perfect shithousery to, mm-hmm. to, to just be like, yeah, Christian, yeah. You have to look at this all night. Every single time yep. you look up from your plate, it's going to be the number 44 in your face. And... We just want you to enjoy your constructor's title this year. <laughs> enjoy, Max. I enjoy. Also, enjoy your entree. We promise it. We haven't been scrubbing the floor in the kitchen no, with, that we with, your, with your beef never. wellington. No, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 never, yeah. never. Uh, yeah. So that was that was just fun. That was a fun little 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 <laughs> bit that I saw. Uh, anything else in the in the world of F one, Johnny? Or are we have we fulfilled uh, our duties? uh this week i i think we've covered uh there's there's all sorts of other random shards or crumbs Mm. of this uh of this meal but i think we've covered enough for for this week um oh Corey, do you do do you think an addendum before we get into into where it is um there was a a a statement that was released by ross braun being like yeah f1 is looking into active aerodynamics 
active oh, aerodynamics. For... Yeah, let's come back to that next week. Yeah, this let's is talk a about whole, that next week. This We're... is a Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Let's tease that for next week. Let's let. Wow. Yeah, how did we forget this one? Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so that's 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 what's going to be uh, on special next week, folks. Uh, so I'm still holding out hope. It seems uh, I'm still hope uh, holding out hope that Ross Braun comes into Ferrari. Ferrari. I'm yeah. sure it's yeah. I'm sure it's an impossible it's, yeah. uh, opportunity. But it's yeah. looking more and more like Vasseur is going to be the team principal. Uh, but let's 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 next week joust over the idea of yeah. uh you know reverse drs yeah. uh, as braun described it cuz uh what a, yeah uh, what a what a horrifying descriptor too oh it's like reverse drs it's like what no no yeah. no no <laughs> what what are you doing what are you talking about um yeah we'll get into it but this is some wild behavior from formula 1 to seemingly mm. make a already competitive sport needlessly like entertaining question mark or because if they bring this in folks if they bring it in it's a regulation that is for the whole season that's our terror here is like i mean why not just be like every race has a safety car five laps before the end (laughs) of the race yes why not just do that or uh, yeah i i tweeted something out maybe just like if you're two seconds up per lap or 15 seconds up for two laps or more, you immediately have to have a Ferrari strategist take over your remaining pit stop strategy right. and tire choice. Yep. That's, that seems fair. It just mm-hmm. seems fair. Uh, it's the great equalizer, as we saw this, this season. All right, yeah. So, Johnny, what were you about to ask me? It was a very important <laughs> question. Uh, Corey, do you think that Formula One stock went up in the United States this I, week? I think it did. I absolutely think it did. I think that Logan Sargent being like n- like totally nestled into Williams, uh, I think that that was... Picked his number. He's he picked, going to be number, number, number two. two. Yeah. He uh, said his normal number is number three, but that that one's not, not available at the moment. Yep. So who is number three right now, by the way? Uh, Danny Rick. It is Dan... But Danny... Oh, because he's a reserve driver. I, it's still his I number, guess, technically. I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's it. It's is because he could enter the race weekend if he does need to be a replacement right. driver. He still holds that number. Wow. I mean, cool. Sure. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Number two is fine. Uh, also, from that video, the context of Lewis, when he was like that big, ugly number one on that Red Bull, it's just like, hey, I hate looking at it. He was literally joking. He says, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding, man. Like, whatever. Like, like he's like, what bothers you about the Red Bull? And he's like, that big, ugly number one. Ah, whatever. It's, I'm joking. So people who are freaking out over that, just settle down. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, think- I'm just going to say, as an expert on all things typography-wise, it is a pretty ugly it's disgusting. iteration of the number one. It is. Just saying. Yes. I yeah. still revert back to, if you haven't been with the podcast for a while, as that number one was unveiled on the Red Bull car, yeah. it was clearly evident to me that there was the world's worst ever client session where yes. somebody looked at a normal number one and said, no, you know what? I like the number one, but, but just, somehow it doesn't take up enough space could you on just the car. Stretch Make it, it. Stretch yeah. it. You're like, stretch it. Oh. Keep making it wider. Make it fat. Make it a like, number oh. one that appears less like a number one and more just like a box. <laughs> that With a would little, be like, really useful. Thingy yeah. hanging off of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Johnny, I think, uh, 
I, do, I also I, I I think that the the stock went up um, because of Logan Sargent, because of the Alonzo drama, because of uh, China going off the calendar and people being like, "What's going to show up? What's going to be next?" Mm-hmm. I think it's we're still in that like uh, afterglow of the season, and there's still drama happening that people like. What What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think particularly just the evidence of the fact that like as the season goes away that cl- that all of these topics are evidence of of us clamoring yeah for a little bit of action. I'm expecting we're going to get into a little bit of a lull yep. over the winter. We're not quite there yet. And then we hit that lull and then we bounce off the bottom and it starts to ramp up in excitement as we head into the beginning of a new season, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. And still even like, there's still so much like pre Vegas hype. Yeah. Uh, there was a rendering unveiled of the building that they are creating for the, the pit lane, Ooh. which is going to be a permanent structure that they're building that the rooftop of it. Cause that's, it'll be the, the paddock on the ground level. And then the upper levels will be the paddock club. And then the rooftop, you know, area that is open then has a covering for the roof, roof, Mm -hmm. which is an enormous F1 logo, like as the shape of the roof and the entire F1 logo is uh, like uh, LED screen. So there's going to be like this enormous, you know, uh, so... Did you see the uh, levels I, I just went through as you were explaining that, John? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, it was a roller coaster. <sighs> oh I'm sorry, Corey. God, it was, it's, uh, it's okay. It's pretty. It's pretty. <sighs> it's pretty tacky. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've been through this before, where there's like a mm-hmm. really tacky, corny canvas. Formula One organizers, get at me, because I could talk to you about how we could take a giant screen on the roof of a building that'll be visible basically only to helicopters. Right? Yeah. Uh, and actually put it to some pretty good use and do some interesting things with it during race weekend. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as literally know. as a, as an expert, I'll call you what I know you refuse to call yourself as an expert in motion graphics and <laughs> literally designing 3d objects on 2d screen. Like John, you, you know, exactly how to make something like this better we could do some cool stuff with that so uh you know uh, come on guys yeah yeah tighten up tighten up we know uh we know you're you're listening to this uh uh who would who would even be in charge of that i guess the organizers of vegas so yeah i know vegas organizers are listening so i don't i don't think it's even vegas organizers at this point i think it's i think it's like straight up like the fia are the ones who are running like they are the organizers strangely enough all right it's kind of a wild thing Uh, hence hence (laughs) hence there being an enormous like building sized screen housed within the form of the formula one logo so fascinating stuff uh all right so i think i think we've uh yeah we've we've examined enough nutrients we've blown up enough bombs yeah now Uh, we're just sitting we're sitting at the at the restaurant and like the they're like starting to put the chairs up on uh, on the tables around us and like not like shooting us even, dirty and looks. And we even but... have a piece of the sandwich that we're going to wrap up and bring back out next week yeah. with, the, they, with the reverse DRS. Keep, so uh, keep yeah. coming and they're like, hey, do you do you want us to wrap this up? And we're like, actually, could you just put it in the fridge for us? We'll be back next week. And they're like, we don't want you. 
We don't want <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do that all the time at restaurants. I'm always like, mm-hmm. I would like you to wrap it up, but it's incredibly inconvenient for me to bring it home with me right now. I'm going to the movies after yeah. this. Some, would you just hold here. it in your fridge? Put my name on it? Use the yeah. initial of my last name as well to make sure that somebody else yeah. doesn't get there. You know. And if the health inspector comes through, just, I don't know. <laughs> eat it in front of them uh all right well uh, <laughs> let's uh let's tell the folks where they can find you out there in the world johnny uh i'm all over the place you can find me on most of the social medias including uh cory i posted my first tiktok uh, oh. this week yeah. oh okay uh, and that was that was also to help commemorate uh i just relaunched my website johnnymotion.com johnnymotion.com hit me up over there you get an understanding of what it is that I mean when I make my weird proclamation of designing the future Mm -hmm. Uh, it'll tell you tell you all about what that means Corey where can the folks find you out in the world Uh, I'm all over social medias as well and I'm burn Corey burn so you can consistently find me posting stuff on most of the sites I've begun posting on Instagram again and I will continue to post uh i do uh there's an in-person opportunity for folks to see me if you're in the la area uh i have an improv show at the upright citizens brigade theater and that is this sunday at 10 p.m so if like you got nothing to do at 10 p.m uh, i'm gonna be playing with uh, my team just like water uh, we are a fun fun team and we'll do improv the likes of which you've never seen before uh that's kind of the gimmick of improv y'all um so yeah you nice. can hold holding it down at the ucb that's awesome that's right yep uh also some big news uh the ucb just hired a whole bunch of people in new york uh so there will be shows and classes available in new york which when i do travel to the east coast i'll see if i can get my little tukus involved with that so uh keep an eye out for that but we'll we'll toss your your web, uh, your URL into the description of this episode so folks can check that out and they can check me out that way too. Uh, but in the meantime, folks, we just were, I'm, I'm now committing to doing this, Johnny. Tell your friends, rate, review. Yes, there we uh, go. Uh, on, on whatever platform, whatever thing you use, whatever podcatcher you're uh, involved in. Uh, it's on Create all Create bots to disseminate mm-hmm. information about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And if there, Do whatever it takes. If you go on iTunes and there's like a review that you're like, what the hell is this even reviewing? The RSS feed, I haven't been able to disassociate the reviews from my old podcast and uh, i'm not that tech savvy i am pretty tech savvy but i'm not that tech savvy so ignore the previous review it has nothing to do with this podcast at all okay let's let's review this podcast so that review goes down 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 and does not show up anymore all right folks catch up with us next week and we will catch up with you next week on the next episode of the f1 files (laughs) Boo! <laughs>